The Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast. The podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. All right. We are here to, well, actually, I'm going to do a quick bit of housekeeping, then I'm going to introduce our guest tonight. And that quick bit of housekeeping, let me get, so I just want to give a shout out to Mary, who very generously gave us a donation in our tip jar recently, and I don't know um, how much more she'd want me to say other than that, but it was in in someone's memory. And I just want Mary to know that it's very much appreciated. And um, we hope that... a shout out. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you very much. And we hope that uh, the person in whose memory you made that gift in is uh, in a better place. Yes. Um, and uh, other than that, I also want to make sure everybody knows that we do have a store. It's called On Our Own Dot Supply, and uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill us if you you went and you know at least browsed. Yeah. And um, well, if you're a kind of if you like t-shirts in recovery, and they're hard to find ones that you'll actually wear. I always find like I'm kind, you know kind of a t-shirt snob. Chris, I know you're a t-shirt snob. Yeah. We got some killer stuff. We got some killer t-shirts and That's what I'm killer mugs. We're, dr- we're drinking out of our 0% ABV coffee mugs. and You can't beat them. No. Uh, all right. So we're here tonight yes. with... Yes. Um, many of you who've read the blog have, are familiar with the column, The First 500, which the uh, originator of that column, Jennifer O, is with us here tonight in Ooh, studio. In studio. First uh, our, time we've allowed a woman... <laughs> In, in International Women's Day. Into First and last. Our, <laughs> into our studio. Um, Is this what you pictured it when you were listening at home? Like, did Oh, this it's kind of- way grander than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm super here. impressed. Really. The green room was amazing. It's literally green. Room. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I noticed that for yeah. sure. Thanks for having me. Thanks for showing up. Thanks for uh, being sober for being 500 here. and some odd days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You yeah. just crossed that, right? I did. Um, uh, maybe... Maybe 45 days ago or something. I, okay. I, sh- I have an app on my phone. I could look it up. But yeah. Yes, for more than 500. So I've passed the torch to somebody else. But it was great fun. Um, well, I don't know. Great fun might not be the right way to say it. But I did um, enjoy the writing process and um, and blogging, uh, providing blog posts yeah. to you guys. It was great. I thought it was phenomenal. And I mean, you brought the idea to us. Did I? Yeah. Um, you originated the, the the concept, and I think it's a terrific concept because, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, uh, how often is there a, a, a accessible reference to sort of the experience going through that period? Yeah. Because the thing is, everybody isn't in the rooms, yeah. and we get a lot of people that aren't in the rooms, yeah. and they use uh, us as a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's there's a great value in that. And I also want to thank you for turning us on to your successor, mm-hmm. 
um, yeah. Claire F, not to be confused with Claire Rudy Foster, right. a different Claire F. Oh. Um, Lots of Claire's. Claire F's, yeah. So anyway, thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you for allowing me to do that. And it's, you know, when you said that about um, it's rare, you know, that somebody, I don't know, maybe rare that somebody talks about their experience in those first 500 days. Um, I guess I felt okay doing that because I thought this is really it for me this time. Yeah. Because I'd had, you know, a few days Several or run-ins. months. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Run-ins with sobriety. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I have a friend who used to, every once in a while I would say to her, or very often I would say, oh, I can't drink tonight, I'm on the wagon. And she would, one time she said, "Um, don't you mean the roller coaster? I was like, yes, yes, the roller coaster. But I think when I got, you know, very serious about getting sober then, uh, writing the blog felt like the right commitment. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, Is that what you, I, I almost feel like you did it for that, like to commit to something. Like you were looking for things to express yourself and commit to in early sobriety. Yes, I agreed. I don't, I don't know that I would have told you that at the time, mm-hmm. but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's probably part of it too. Um, I was looking for, I was looking to really dive in. Like I, I had uh, always, I dipped a toe in, you know, in the mm-hmm. past. And then when I got really serious about it um, and I got advice from people and my sponsor and you know all sorts of people who said um just just do what you need to do and here there are all these resources and the, and some of the things in the program because i am in a program yeah. um some of the things didn't uh they felt a little weird like i think just a few weeks after i got sober there was some sort of banquet or um dance or something and i was like dance like really i'm I, I have to go do that like it just didn't feel right but writing felt really really right did you go to the dance i didn't i didn't go to the dance and um i don't know that i would go to this day cuz i what i realized in uh sobriety is that i'm just not that's not my thing if you're not wasting. Well, I'm a terrible you know, dancer me, well i used to love dancing when i was yeah. drunk yeah yeah but yeah. since i got sober i'm like i don't think so i dance all the time in sobriety you do yeah Good but for you. Uh, but do you you You're a good did you though. have a writing sense before you got sober? Were you a writer, or did this sort of? Because I read your stuff and I think you're a really good writer, and I wonder just, if you were a really good writer before you got sober. If this just sort of happened, or you just kind of. Um, I I think that I had attempted, made a few attempts at writing, and um, was terrible, and then. Um, but but going through the twelve step process, mm-hmm. I did a lot of writing um, just on each oh, right. step, not for anybody to read, just me, just to get it out. Um, and then and then I started, I don't know, just just blogging about my own experience on mm-hmm. you know just some random WordPress page. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know when I would ask other people to read it, maybe I asked you to read a few things. Maybe. I don't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, and then you know the, you guys were really encouraging. But I think the point of that is that. I didn't do anything when I was drinking to expand myself creatively or to mm. push myself creatively. Um, it was that was just not on the radar. Mm-hmm. Like self um, fulfillment mm-hmm. um, was not just I uh, just wasn't there. It was like oh, go run a marathon because mm-hmm. that's something that um, will occupy your time. And I was real focused on like physically how i mm-hmm. looked just you know my appearance my you know so so i think ironically i think i was just running away from a lot of things yeah. by by running yeah. um so but but nothing to do with my brain Your or interior. yeah nothing 
That's just cool. all exterior. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I was a good writer before. I don't think so. But it's funny. You, you described that of dipping your toe into recovery before this time. And I, t- I totally remember you always have one foot out and one foot in. Is how it felt like mm-hmm. until you just finally walk in and quit all that nonsense. Yep. And it's a different mindset. Yes. Yeah. Did you notice that? I mean, did you know? Yeah. Yeah, I knew. Um, the first time I went, I went into the program and went into was a is I'm using that term really lightly. Um, I have a friend who is still in the program. It's been in the program like twenty something years, and she and I worked together. And mm. she said, "I told you know at the time, and this is like 2010 or 11. I don't remember exactly, but she said I I, I knew she was in the program." I called her and said, I think I have a problem. She said, come to a meeting. I'm like, oh, do I have to go to meetings to fix this? And yes, Jennifer, come (laughs) to a meeting. So I went to a meeting and I walked in and it was, you know, 75 or 100 people or something. And I just was like, no way. No, like my everything about me said no way. Now, I did go to several meetings and I did stay, quote unquote, in the program. But and I did get a sponsor who was a lovely woman, and uh, I didn't do anything hmm. that I was supposed to do at all. Just, yeah. just, and it wasn't even like a um, a, a conscious resistance. Hmm. It was, um, I just didn't, I just really didn't know for sure if I was an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I didn't, and I didn't, I was certainly was not comfortable <sighs> with that, that um, terminology, term or label or any of that. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. just didn't work, didn't stick that time uh it's funny because i i remember we talked about whether you were an alcoholic about a year i don't know when it was but it was before sometime Mm -hmm. before you actually yeah we'll get to your bottom because it's a fun story i think (laughs) but um fun for some (laughs) but i i didn't you know i was talking to matt tonight and matt can't be here tonight because he had to go take care of some personal stuff um uh but he said... He's still I, sober, right? Yeah, okay. He's still sober. Yes. He's yes. sober. He's right. That's okay. I just, just saw kidding. him. He's fine. Just kidding. But uh, he said, I knew Jen. We traveled together, and I had no idea she was an alcoholic. I had no, we, She would have like one margarita. Like, you hit it really well. Yeah. Right. I did, yeah. did well, don't be, we all, though? Yeah. But I, I mean, think when some we want people to. think yeah. they hide it, but they really don't. Most people know, oh, yeah, you are an alcoholic. But I don't know if that was true. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, how do you feel about that? Like, well, since you got sober, did people come up to you and be like... Oh yeah, we knew. <laughs> or did some people like, yeah, you didn't probably a mix of both. Yeah. I think I did a decent job most of the time of just keeping up appearances, you yeah. know. Um and then there were times when I didn't and I, I was really a binger. I, that's yeah. probably why uh, Matt would say that because I wouldn't necessarily binge on a work trip. Yeah. Um, mm. Although I wasn't above that, but um it just there were just there were times when I was more attached to cheap white wine um than at other times. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the times where I was really attached were really, really, really bad. Just, yeah. you know, especially towards the end, um, they were they were really bad. But there were I could go for the the irony is that I would go for months without drinking, and it was that dry sort of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But I but so I, that's probably why the first time I questioned if I was really an alcoholic. Yeah, because it was easy not to drink. Yeah, because I could, and I would point to that. I would say to people, "Well, I don't have. I can give it up." It's no big yeah. deal to me. Yeah. It, but then I would get triggered by like, I, I started dating somebody. Like if, if it was just me, if it was just me at home, I could control it pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Um, and But when I was dating somebody, hmm. it was, and if they were a drinker, even if they weren't a heavy mm-hmm. drinker, I just felt that pressure to like be somebody different hmm. with that, with that, sure. in that relationship. Mm-hmm. So I, like I would just fold 
oh, it was so bad. Like I, I would could go months and months without drinking, and then I would meet somebody new, and we'd go out to dinner, and I would just bam, just start drinking again. Wow. And it was, and I remember like one time in particular, just to feel comfortable, or just to feel, yeah, to feel like, well, he doesn't want to date a non-drinker. You know, I'm not cool if I don't drink. Yeah, or fun, or or yeah. outspoken, outgoing. Yeah, or, yeah. or like you know, consider getting romantic with somebody without any liquor. That's kind of crazy. And I remember the the first, so the kind of the last time I drank uh, with a boyfriend. I guess that's that's kind of accurate. No, not the last time. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But um, but I remember when I was about to cave, like when I'd been dry for a few yeah, months yeah. and I was about to cave. Um, I, I would pick up that glass and I would look at it and as I was putting it to my mouth I'd be like don't do it don't do it wow. don't do it and then I'd do it anyway yeah, yeah. and then as soon as I drank like That's... the don't do it went away yeah. and it never it didn't come back for yeah. years you know it was yeah. like you were off and running yeah off and running I remember those those exact moments of trying to not say that as I'm drinking yes like, I don't want to drink I don't drink it is it's weird oh right? so glad I don't ever have to do that again I know that's crazy. Turn that mic in. Turn that mic different. A little bit to, oh, towards you more. There you oh, there we go. <laughs> okay. um, that looks comfortable. Cool. Well, you, you can push you it back from seen, your mouth. You got to be seen, man. Well, aimed at you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. So a couple things, too. It should be noted that, because you brought up that Matt traveled. This It's yeah. an incestuous alcoholic <laughs> group you've got here, people. Yeah. Because um, we're all, at one time or another, roughly in the same business yes. with Venn diagrams that overlap yes. um, in a variety of ways. Yes. And uh, what was my point? Oh, and and at some point, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know at what point you two met each other, um, but at some point where you, you were still drinking. Yes. And you knew Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yes. And did, did you play... Did Jeff play a part in? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we talked about it, like the year before, yeah, um, Jeff was really good about mm-hmm. not saying, "Well, clearly you have a problem, Jen." You know, he he wasn't judgy, or he didn't even try to lead me down a certain path. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't recruiting or evangelizing or anything. I was so. insulted. He never invited me to a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I should. I know. That's right. I guess that's the first move. I got to get better at that. Yeah. Yeah, but what anyway, about sorry. that twelfth step there? Oh man, I don't know. Anyway, I'm joking about that. I don't even remember what the twelfth step says, but um, I'm joking about that too. Oh, oh. So, anyway, just for the record, it's like a double <laughs> blind. Anybody's listening? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so Jeff was just really. He would ask me some questions that would make me think. Mm. Um, you're pretty good at that, okay. but um, some of the questions were like you said. Um, you said, you know, do you, I don't know, I can't remember exactly what they were, but it was like, you know, do you sometimes feel out of control when mm-hmm. you're drinking or like, do you feel like you have to drink every day or, you know, just ask me these questions that got me to kind mm. of describe the situation. And at one point you said, do you think you have a problem? And I said, I, I, I know I have a problem, but I, I was still like, well, I'm not sure how bad it is. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So like, mm-hmm. what, like, like there's probably lots of people that have a problem, even though, and they may not call themselves alcoholics, which is ironic because my brother died from um, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, wow. you know, and, and, but, th- but that is funny because, or not funny, but interesting because, um, he, like I, he was a very obviously mm-hmm. an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He drank all day you know every day mm-hmm. um you know as much as he could and and um, he, and he was a uh 
he wanted to go out as an alcoholic. He wanted to go out partying with his guns ablazing. I think so. I mean, there was also a part of him that said, um, this is, you know, this, I'm kind of invincible. You know, he, yeah. he had wrecked a car when he was 16, rolled a mm. car and wasn't wearing a seatbelt, but had, did not have a scratch on mm. him. And I think he really thought from that day on, like, I'm invincible. And mm. he'd wrecked motorcycles wow. and had DUIs and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, he was, he was a guy who just lived life like on his own terms mm. all the time, just, you know, balls out no matter what. And, and I, you know, I, I think in the end he thought, um, he, he, he said to his ex-wife, he said, if I, if I get out of this, cause he'd gone into the hospital and mm. they told him, the hospital, the, the doctor said, you're going to die. So get your affairs in order and you won't leave the hospital. Wow. And when, um, when, and so he made a call to his ex-wife and said, um, if I get out of this, if I make it out of this, I'm going to kiss the ground and never drink again. And we're going to get back together. And, you know, like. I, I he just I think he was still a bit delusional. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, what a I mean, it's all they're all tragedies, but that's yeah. Yeah, imagine, you know, imagine you go into the you, And so you, that never when this happened, did yeah. you look at your did that affect your drinking at all? Did you ever look at it and say like, "Oh, yeah." Mm, I mean, yeah, of course, maybe. but just like an alcoholic, it was like, "Well, it's not that bad. It's yeah. not, it's not killing me," you right. know. And so yeah, there were lots of like really the real moments where you would it just would hit me over the head and be like, do you want to be like him? Do you want to mm-hmm. end up like mm-hmm. him? Even if it takes you another 20 years, do you, is that how you want to die? And then it would be like, yeah, but it's happy hour. So, <laughs> um, like next week, yeah, we could yeah, take yeah. care of this next week, you know? Yeah, and, yeah. and so it, it was, and then like, you know, my whole family, I think had a really, we had all had a really, you know, wh- wh- whatever the reaction is that, whatever the right reaction is to, to your brother or your son dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that is, mm-hmm. but all of our reactions were really bizarre, you yeah. know, yeah. just, but, but I think, I do think there's, that's normal um, for, for weird things to happen. But like, I remember my mom drinking a lot right after my brother died Mm -hmm. and like, she was clearly using it to, you know, soothe. Right. Of course. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying like, mom, maybe you shouldn't drink so much. Um, you know, Rich just died, right? Mm-hmm. And she was, and it was sort of like, my son's dead. I don't care, yeah. you know. And um, and I remember like thinking to myself, like, like yes, we should give her her time to grieve in the way that she needs to, or whatever. Mm. But that seems really weird. Mm-hmm. Like your son dies of alcoholism, and then you you dive into the bottom of a bottle. So anyway, and I'm exaggerating that a little bit. She was, she just was, she was drinking very heavily, but. But it was it was just a weird time. So yeah, there were lots of times when I said like, should I be doing this? Mm-hmm. And it just it was like never the right time. There was always some occasion coming up, and I think that's the hardest part in the beginning for alcoholics is you know all those milestones in the beginning, like oh it's Christmas, it's St. Patty's right. Day, it's New Year's Eve, and all that stuff. And it's all these like drinking occasions. Yeah, and then after you get through the first year or even you know the first few holidays, like I think around month four, it was like. I just didn't even think about it mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought about it every time I went to an AA meeting, but it what? But it was a different kind of mm-hmm. thought process. It wasn't like, oh, I'm sitting in an AA meeting missing alcohol. It was like reinforcing that no, you're doing the right thing. This is all still good. So, so the cravings went away, and then then you realize like, oh, 
all this stuff about drinking and holidays is made up crap. Like right. it's not real. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. yes, there are p- the champagne glasses that that clink at New Year's, but there's just as easily not. Right. You know, exactly. There's lots yeah. of other things you can be doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This is interesting. That's it. that is. So the, the, your writing experience through these 500 days. Because I remember, do you did you have you gone back and read that journey? Mm-hmm. And what is your impression of it now, looking back on it? Do you, I mean, do you see the fog at the beginning and fear, and then it gets a little better? I mean, because yeah, I, I think we read it that way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I I look back and I think, oh, it took some weird turns there. There was mm-hmm. the whole gymnastics one, you know. Yeah, which but it was really <laughs> that was a really powerful one. I I don't know why that struck a chord with me. I think at the time my daughter was in gymnastics, but oh, yeah. I mean, so it did. This was childhood trauma about a gymnastic teacher. It was. It was uh, not one particular teacher, but yes, the 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 gymnastics experience. We had we had coaches that were like um, trained in the military or something, or like <laughs> you know, um, not empathetic to your <laughs> no, little girldom. No, no, no. And it was a serious, yeah, um, yeah. A, you know, gymnastics school, and it was they they pumped out Olympians, and so um, so they had a. The particular way of doing things, which later got them put in jail, um, oh. like literally, they closed the gym down, and there were um, lawsuits wow. and and jail time. So, um, so yeah, that was pretty bad. But but in terms of the writing, I think in the beginning, I it was I don't know. I just I don't think that I had a lot of um, uh, I didn't have a storyline that I was trying to follow. Sure, at all, it was really just like I would an idea would spark, and in the beginning they came a mm-hmm. lot because mm-hmm. in the it's just weird. I think in the beginning there there the very beginning of sobriety there was a void. It was like okay. what what am I going to fill that void? Like yeah, yeah. alcohol's gone, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah, I think right, that's yeah. really common for people in early sobriety, mm-hmm. especially There's when just you're a lot of time all of a sudden on your yeah, hands. a lot of time and and like like we said, all those occasions where you would normally be drinking, you're not doing that anymore and in fact right if you're doing what you should be doing it you're kind of staying away from some mm-hmm. of those things until maybe you feel more confident about going back to like going to a, a company party mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. where you used to be like i used to be like the lampshade at the party and so you avoid that in the beginning and then it's like well what do you fill in that void yeah. with i i don't you know and so in the so at the start it was a little bit it felt like um empty and i remember then that's what I I hear this all the time yeah. from new people they say like like well what am I going to do instead and I'm like well if you if you think about it like you can do anything yeah. you can do anything you want and before you were pretty limited in what you could do because it all revolved around this one you were drinking. drink yeah. yeah so so you know the void then goes away and you start filling it with things and um I went through a ukulele phase for like a week or something <laughs> Um, where I thought this ukulele bitches (laughs) so ukulele for sale by the way but um but I had you know I I started thinking like like writing was one of those things where you know like like I would an idea would spark and I would be like oh I should write about that and I found myself like I'd look around my room and I would see like I could write about those curtains you know like everything seemed new and interesting yeah during that time that's interesting did you do 90 and 90? Did you do get a sponsor? Did you, like, what did you, um, did you do what they said? Me. Do the drill? I did whatever my sponsor asked me to do. Good. And I have an amazing sponsor. Good. She's got about 23-ish years or 27 years of sobriety or something like that. So she's she's kind of an old timer in the program. But, um, but she did not 
Hmm. I did whatever she asked me to do, but she did not ask me to do 90 and 90. Okay, just curious. Um, and I guess for people who are listening, like 90 uh, A meetings in 90 days. And um, so I didn't have to do that. Um, we did work the steps. I did have a sponsor like day one when I got hmm. into the program. Um, I have a home group, um, you know, a meeting that I that I commit to every week. Um, and then I did go to a lot more meetings in the beginning, and mm-hmm. I kind of had to find, like, the one that I liked. And the one that I liked ended up being the very first one I had mm-hmm. gone to, like, years before. And um, it's a big meeting, and it's it can be intimidating mm-hmm. um, for new people. And now I've just kind of, like, it's like my people now, you know. I've just kind of yeah. found, like, really good um, a really good vibe there and I, I love it like I look forward to it every week and yeah. it's just That's it's, just, it's like automatic you know there's yeah. no which is so great because like to have to think about it, and I know there are people out there that have to like make that effort to go mm. and so I feel for you know for for you if you have to do that um, I think it it does become automatic at some point. And then, you know, of course, then your mind is like, is it too automatic? Is it too easy for me now? And, you know, stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's funny. But it's, and you're sponsoring. I am, uh, poorly, I might add. Uh, you could ask Everyone my sponsees. They, no. yeah, they're like, you said. Because they all went out and drank? <laughs> no, but if they, if they did. Um, my first, like, too. five spons- sponsees went out and drank. Did they? Yeah, because they're alcoholics. <laughs> Hilarious. That's what they do. That's what they do. And, when, and you just, you're like, there's really nothing. What are you going to do? do? About it. What are you going to do? Gosh, no, uh, I, not that I know of. None of them have gone out. Uh, Claire Claire F is actually one of my sponsees. Right. She yeah. would tell you that I suck. You can ask her. That's and maybe she'll write about it. I don't know. But my she, sponsor sucks. <laughs> <laughs> the, By the, Claire. the reason I think. Yeah, why do you think that? The reason that I suck is because. Um, I do need to improve my knowledge of the big book oh. if I'm going to like be a legit sponsor. In my mind, if you're going to be a legit sponsor to somebody, you should have read the big book front to back um, and be able to quote certain things. And I can't quote anything from it wow. except like. Have the you read steps. the first 164 pages of the big book? No. How many pages is the big book? How big is it's probably this like book? Like 300. The first 164 pages are the program, the, yeah. the chapters of. Um, how it works right. and his story, how it works. The best one, two wives on International Women's Day. Super funny <laughs> chapter. Vision for you. And then uh, carrying the message or whatever that one is. And then there's a bunch of stories. And they're within the, and they're just personal stories that get changed over like every 20 years, every time they put a new edition out there. Change these yeah. stories. And See, some of those are really, really valuable. But two amazing. wives are still in there. I think two wives is still there, and it's it's an old fave because it it's the alt it's the one chapter that feels the most untimely like the most old fashioned because like was there somebody really how to help your wives? husband who's an alcoholic because obviously he had two lives yeah, and two, two wives two wives yeah no, no it was but two I mean, wives like no no not two T W O two wives a chapter oh, oh, wives. I thought it was T W O wives I'm like what is like, this part of the big book oh no I you know, guys haven't I'm read like, that man, part man he had a real problem I read any were parts. you the biggest bigamist in bigamy history <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's why you were like because you and then you said shout out to, two uh, wives. to women so I was like oh, oh. No, oh, no. oh I get it two, two wives like it was wives. written yes. to help wives help oh, their husbands because back in 1935 it was more of a Yes, it just feels like the most, right. you know, get in the kitchen and help your husband and not. not it feels being like alcoholic. the most old, oldie fashioned I see. Yeah. Chapter, yes. I see. Uh, well, two wives would even feel. But two wives would be like super crazy. <laughs> I think that still happens in Utah. That yeah. does. That's the Mormon um, shout out chapter. Okay. So, Sorry so, for the confusion. 
Okay, so two wives. Um, <laughs> we'll post. We'll post a link to that. You chapter. know, when you sponsor, though, it's all based in the big book. It's all right. It's all ba- is it that what it's based on that, and it's based yeah. on the steps and the traditions. Yes, I, 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 I'm. I have trouble, and this is a side. Maybe you guys can help me here. So I thought coming up on my twentieth, I would do this thing called twenty twenty at twenty. Yeah, twenty look, twenty at where twenty. I, where I'd look back. Yeah, and I'd have twenty insights about sobriety and recovery i got to two <laughs> and i'm like I, I don't there's no foundation that i can use and i and i and I, what were those two yeah. i don't even remember <laughs> um, impactful they weren't yeah. um they were i was struggling to get to two and my, my other challenge is because i don't have a system i don't have a program mm-hmm. and i and i feel fundamentally um like uh, uh what's the word i feel like a fraud if i try to for, no. try, if you if you try to get one now if no no no, no, no. or if you try to work if, right something. if i tried to create some yeah. sort of program like here's how i did it because yeah. i just sort of i just did it yeah but i'm going to try to retrofit insights and and yeah. and you know revelations yeah. that i don't know that they were there yeah. i don't know that they've ever been there we call it pulling I I strategy have... out of the work but yeah you can't right. do that. yeah and or I... like everything right now is like top five ways to get exactly. sober and i don't yeah. have that i don't i don't i, I just think i just started <laughs> just do it and i just sort of tried yeah not to try well you you <laughs> planned out your last drinking very right. well your last like right. your last week of drinking yeah. but then you just stopped Oh yeah, because you did a um, like a last hurrah kind yeah. of thing, right? Chris has a good last which was just, well, But it wasn't a hurrah; it was sort yeah. of a last, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> last sort of sad. Like it was just sad. But you probably had a lot of hurrahs before that. Oh yeah, well, yeah, hurrah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, but so that's what's interesting to me when you talk about not being a good sponsor. Yes. That it, that you have something to fall back on, like well, but if I read the big book, I'd be a better sponsor. Yeah. Like I don't know, I could be a better sponsor unless I read the big book. Maybe I don't. Do know. you sponsor people? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I just well, I he, thought maybe uh, you were. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. No, it is good to have a system to fall back on if if you choose to actually like yeah. do the system. Um, but uh, in but do, was like, your, does your sponsor know the big book really well? Does she quote that um, to you? A little bit, not a lot. But okay. so what she said to me is, when you sponsor other people, just do what worked for you. Exactly. Just tell, share with them what worked for you. Exactly. And my my biggest problem with sponsoring right now is time. So yeah. um, I have, uh, I, I started a new job. And so, you know, again, this just all sounds like bullshitty excuses. And, and it could, there, there could be some part of that, but it's just like all of my energy goes to that job during the day. And so in the evenings, I don't want to talk to anybody, you know? Um, so I do meet with some of my sponsees and I meet with, I try to meet with Claire as often as I can, but it's interesting because some of my sponsees have more sobriety than I do. That's Um, wild. Yeah. Because either they worked out. Either it's not worked out with another sponsor mm-hmm. and they, they want a new one or like they've been in the program and they've relapsed and then they've come back to the program oh. and they need a sponsor. So, so in theory, you know, they mm. had, they didn't, you know, they had con- some continuous sobriety for mm. a long period of time and then, you know, a short period of relapse and then they came back in. So, um, so some of my sponsees, Claire in particular knows a lot about the big book. Mm. So when she and I meet, um, 
we'll talk about stuff and then she'll, she'll say, well, the big book says we should do this. And so it's almost like I'm being sponsored by her, <laughs> which bad. is kind of funny. That's yeah. good. And we, she and I laugh about it. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> she was with me at a meeting not all that long ago. And when they, when, you know, at the meetings, they ask, you know, to see a show of hands of people who are willing to be sponsors. And yeah. I raise my hand and she goes, put your hand down. You don't have any damn time to be a <laughs> That's sponsor. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it was really good. That's she's, awesome. She's got a good sense of humor. Well, and I think it most of the sponsee sponsor relationship after a certain point you are it does become a mutual learning experience. Yeah. You know, I think there's early on brand new mm. newbies where you're really showing them their opens and how not to drink. But then after a while, like my I have sponsees now who I'm great friends with and you you know, know them all their lives and it just becomes you kind of help each other yeah so i think that's a good yeah I, I do think i learned from her i had another sponsee and she she's not in the program anymore but she i ran into her the other day she said she's still she's still not drinking but um so i guess that's why i say i'm kind of you know i i could be i definitely could be better a better sponsor okay for sure so well, yeah but i think you're probably fine but yeah the big book's not a bad thing to Get your head around. There's I a, have it. There's a lot of and good I've, stuff in there. Yeah, I own it. <laughs> yeah. um, so, and I used to carry it everywhere with me, which was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't really look at it. Yeah, it's there's great stuff in there. It is truly inspiring. There's a lot of stuff that still holds up, and there's the vast majority of it is incredible. Yeah, I think really. it would be kind of cool to be a scholar of that book. I think that yeah. Would it break a tradition like if you went to like a bread co and sat down and cracked the big book and started reading it? I don't think so, right? I don't know. Can you read it in public? Yeah. You have to read it not really behind closed doors. Right? I mean, with... Maybe you maybe you're a scholar and you're just scholaring it. Scholaring. But isn't it okay to break your anonymity or no? Who knows anymore? God, we don't know. <laughs> it's it's impossible to figure out for me. You're supposed to be anonymous at press radio and film. Right. I think it is your personal choice yeah, whether you, you want your last name used within. Like some people will say, mm-hmm. don't use my last name because I'm in a business and I don't want people to know I'm in. I right. still get that today. Yeah. And then there's some people that are like fine with them knowing, but I think the program doesn't want people relapsing and everyone's like, oh, that was AA. Right. And it doesn't oh, work. Oh, I got you. They fucked up again. They That's fucked right. up again. Right. Or it's, something like that. Yeah. It's interesting, but then, like, so the, the circle, triangle in the circle thing, yeah. right? You know? Yep. Uh, I saw somebody the other day, it was a server at a restaurant, and she had a triangle and a circle. Um, and it was actually a really cool tat. And I'm like, oh, that's a great tat. Yeah. Like, and I just go, so triangle and a circle? She yeah. goes, yeah, I just like geometry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just like, oh, that's good. And you're like, but, that's funny. I'm like, come on. You're come like, on. You're like, no, you don't. That's funny. I know, I know what you're up to. So um, tell us. When did you decide? Because so here's the thing: I knew you, and here's at, in my office that day when I was quizzing you on whether you were an alcoholic or not. Yeah, I was. My impression was that you were a binger, and and like when we say binging drinking in AA, we're like you're off, and then you go off on a week long jag, and you end up mm. in another city. But you did like six months of drinking, then stopped totally, and then would do working out for six months. Yeah, and then you would do something else, and you'd be very intense over periods of times with these things right mm-hmm. almost yeah. like you'd get addicted to these other things yeah so right? i'm a life binger life binger yeah interesting yeah so i binge on different things in life yes but sure. all with the same are they do they all have the same goal are they all towards the same end of sort of getting out of your own head getting yeah i mean um, even trying to feel comfortable in your own skin or something yeah um i think i've just always described myself as all or nothing um mm-hmm. and so I think 
I think some of the things looking back, like when I was uh, 33 or something, I ran a marathon. And um, I remember at the time distinctly thinking, I have to get over a boyfriend. So I mm. need to do it some way. And I used to run when I was in my 20s. So I'm like, okay, we'll just go run. That's probably a good thing. It's healthy-ish, you know, or whatever. But, you know, you can't. I couldn't just go out and run two miles. I had to run according to a schedule (laughs) to then get to a marathon and you know whatever and then after the marathon i was like i'm never doing that again you know like it was a wonderful experience except i lost all my toenails um and that was that part was bad but but it was like okay i'm done with that i've done that sort of thing um and then the same thing i i converted to be catholic so while i think it was a (laughs) you guys are laughing so while i think it was uh, I had great intentions and I'm glad I did it and I wouldn't go back and do it differently. Mm. I think the reasons that I did that were, you know, just a little different than the reasons I might consider doing it today. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, not sure if it was to get out of my own head or hmm. if it was a, um, I really hadn't found myself. I didn't have a purpose for my life. And mm-hmm. um, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll become this amazing athlete and that'll be my purpose or I will become Mm. an awesome Catholic and that could be my purpose. Um, And so I just tried a lot of different things and because I can't just try it, Mm -hmm. I have to like dive in and commit and do it to, you know, to the nth degree. Hmm. Um, Then that's, those were some of the results. Do you, are you, and do you think now that you're in sobriety, you have a much more balanced life? You don't, you don't do that anymore. Um, yes, in general. So giving up alcohol then caused me to binge on other things. And initially, which is all the things that you hear about, right? Like sugar and caffeine and stuff like that. So, um, I go in and out of kind of bingey periods with, um, those two things. I should say I'm always in a caffeine binge. Mm. Like that's pretty constant. Uh, all, Join like every day. the club. Yeah, caffeine. Come that's, on. That's tough. Awesome. I know. Don't take away our coffee. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. It's like, I, I like having something in my hand and I like having. And you have bad taste in know. candy. Like you binge on horrible candy. <laughs> right. Um, it's, you know, I think, uh, no, I do. I, I think that my taste in candy is quite good, but, um, no, I do get trouble for that because I'm a candy corn person and candy oh. corn. Yeah. like, whoa, I know. Like, candy corn. What? All the things. Ouch. All the things. I know. Right. Like people say yeah. it's like eating earwax, but I enjoy it. I love it. And then, um, yeah, there's so there. I, and then people automatically jump to like, oh, you must love circus peanuts. No, I don't love circus peanuts. Mm-hmm. Those orange ones. Yeah. No. no, I don't eat that crap. I eat candy corn. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I did some binging and stuff like that. But um, so in general, I think I have more balance, but I also think that, that the, the things that I binge on, like, um, like writing or reading books mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, I kind of tend to think like, well, those are binges and addictions that are not going to destroy me. Yeah. It does not feel like, yeah. I mean, I read a lot. I wouldn't describe myself as binge reader. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I suppose I, I can see that. Um, but for me, that is definitely about getting out of my own head. Mm-hmm. I mean, I read to escape. Yeah. 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 Um, it's but, a great uh, escape. What about, and what about, uh, Working out because I mean that was one that a lot of I mean a lot of people get that mm-hmm. after they get sober not yeah before 
Yeah, the before thing. Um, so the marathon was one thing, and I couldn't really drink while I was training sure, for the marathon. Right. Um, it just it just didn't work. Um, and then I did this fitness competition like three and a half years ago, and so that was like a, um, that was really hardcore wow. dieting and weight weight training, hmm. and that was a that was like a fitness competition where you go on stage and flex muscle competition. Well, there was no flexing. It was oh. in a category where you don't flex, but you still <clears throat> get on stage in like the tiniest piece of material of hmm. this bikini thing and i was 44 at the time hmm. and it seemed like um kind of like well you can't really do this when you're 50 although there are people that do it hmm. when they're 50 and 44 was already pushing it like the i was not the most fit one you know of the bunch but but it took me to a place like hmm. okay so let's back up so when I that that thing that I had when I was a gymnast, which mm. was this drive to be this elite athlete, um, I got um, fearful at at one point mm. while I was um, in gymnastics, and it was it was toward the end of my gymnastics career, and I had it had stunted my growth. So I'm five ten now, but I was under five feet until I was like in ninth grade, wow. and it's I say it stunted my growth, like it delayed my growth right. spurt. And but there was this like at the time when I, the gymnastics school I was going to, it was like win, win, win. You must win. Like there is no hmm. other option. And so I so in the drive to win mm-hmm. inside every little girl and I do mean like little girls there yeah. the uh the result was tons of injuries like I mm-hmm. saw a co- like compound fractures wow. that would like turn your stomach I saw a girl break her neck like <sighs> like the, it was horrifying yeah. and so like I think I have like post traumatic stress sure. from that and then that drive like to be the best at something I like when I quit doing gymnastics it was because as soon as you develop a sense of fear like yeah. it's over for you it is done you cannot do these dangerous things that right. could literally that you could kill yourself doing if you have fear wow. and so the I was like you do that you can't I'm out. mentally yes. do it anymore yeah. no you can't and yeah. and I remember I was sick one day um I had called in like called to the into the gym sick and I was in uh, seventh or eighth grade and uh when you missed a workout like it was a it was a big deal because we we worked out in the summer we we had gym practices four hours a day and five hours on Saturdays hmm. and there were intent like totally intense periods of like push-ups and pull-ups and all this stuff anyway that we had to do to condition our bodies and stuff but but I missed one day and I called my friend and said hey what did we do at the gym today and she said we did double backs and double backs were like where you do f- two flips backwards in the air and still somehow not land on your neck and you land on you're supposed to land on your feet and we were not to that level yet hmm. where we could do that where we could even practice that but the coaches made us do them and they would throw you they'd yeah, literally yeah. throw you in the air yeah. and you'd flip twice and then they would try to catch you and people were falling <laughs> and she said it was horrifying it was Jesus. the worst thing and I remember thinking I can't go back if wow. I have to do right. that tomorrow I will die yeah. I'll be dead so anyway so I when I quit doing that I had already seen like like my body again I was a child but my body in this state where I could um where I could manip where it was it was this machine mm. it was a total machine and so part of running a marathon and part of doing this fitness competition was that I wanted to break through that fear mm. that I'd had when I was a kid that had stopped me from 
from excellence is what I would call it. Like, like whatever, you know, when you look at people who are, have done something really amazing in their lives, they've either, um, come up with an amazing invention Mm -hmm. or they've, um, you know, they've done, climbed a mountain Mm -hmm. or they've excelled at a particular sport or whatever. Like there's something mental there Mm -hmm. that they have to overcome. Like a mental toughness. Totally. And the grit to get mm-hmm. through this horrible... Yeah. yeah. And so when I was getting ready to do this fitness competition, I had been in very fit states at different mm. times of my life, but I was like, not to get up on stage in a tiny little bikini. So in order to do that, there it's not just physical because mm. there, you have to break through this mental... Like, like once you start looking really uh, fit and mm-hmm. lean, there's a tendency to be like... Uh, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I look pretty good right now. I mm-hmm. could go to go to any beach and and right. make, you know eighty percent of the people jealous there. And and once, but that wasn't enough. Right. It was like there's still like another level, and I wanted to get to that other level. And I did read a book on mental toughness, mm-hmm. which is really a kind of a misnomer because it's about mental flexibility and fluidity. Sure. It was really really cool. But that was those were the things that was like, I how far can I go? Mm-hmm. How much can I achieve? But and ironically, I couldn't drink, right? You couldn't, mm-hmm. there was like no alcohol mm-hmm. when I was getting ready for that competition. Um, and so that's what held, that's what I think held me back from thinking I was hmm. an alcoholic because I could go four months with Me too. That's what held me back from thinking really? you're an alcoholic. Oh, for thinking she's an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, cause you tell me these things, I'm like, I, I it, it feels like you have something, some kind of weird addictive personality. Right. But I couldn't tell <laughs> if it was alcoholism, there. you know? Yeah. I mean, I yeah. knew, like, and I didn't think, uh, AA is not going to hurt. 12 steps aren't going to hurt, whatever yeah. the thing is. Yeah, that's that's so strange. But then you had your bottom, your last drinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah, do, do that was... tell us this bad story? Um, I'll tell you, I'll tell you most of it, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's it, uh, the, the aversion to telling it is that... Um, there's there are other people involved sure, in it, sure. you know. So I don't want em- to embarrass and shame them. But no. what I, what I will say is that um, I had made a series of kind of bad decisions, mostly about boyfriends. Like mm-hmm. that was that was kind of a um, recurring theme for me. And did you do you think your drinking and bad taste in men went together? Like the whole thing somehow the alcoholism Gosh. and bad taste in men. Do you know what I'm saying? Totally, hundred percent. Alcoholism, bad decisions. It's just in general a series of bad decisions, right? Yeah. Well, it was that or I didn't. Something. I never believed that I deserved better. Yeah, and so that's what alcohol had done to me over the years yeah. was make me think, oh, this is just the way it is. Mm. I just attract. I just get unlucky, and I just attract these, you know, these mm. dipshits. And um, I just wasn't like some amazing person either, you know. Right. So. Yeah. So it was it was interesting, but um, but I'd had kind of a series of those those bad things, and I had a particularly kind of junky breakup at the end of the summer of 2015, and so uh, I was kind of in a party, party, party mode, like you know I'm just going to lick my wounds and you know and pour tequila on them and stuff, and so um, so I uh, I went on a trip down to um, a college town, and I got too drunk and um just some really crappy things happened that weekend but really what the i think the the worst part of it was that um i don't remember mm-hmm. a lot of that weekend and that was i woke up in a really strange place and i didn't know where i was and that was like the scariest sure. hour of my life was i didn't have my phone i didn't have my purse i didn't have i was alone um in a strange building and i had no idea how i got there 
and yeah. that was like and i and then when i when i was trying to get out it was like it was like walking through like an escher painting or something i like i would try a door and it would i'd go down three steps and there'd be a wall and you know it, it was just very strange i couldn't get out yeah. and i finally got out and uh and it, it was just it, it was like this is so bad mm. this is so bad i was mm. 40 just turned 46 and it was like, really, do forty-six-year-old moms do this? Yeah. This is so bad. And and I I just knew that wasn't the kind of person I wanted to yeah. be. And it and it it was really just more sad than anything for me. And so when I you know that's when I was like, no more, yeah. never mm-hmm. again. I will never again. I don't want to. I don't want to you know disappoint the people in my in my life that I love mm. more than anything. I don't want. Um, it wasn't even it wasn't even about pride or ego or mm. self image. It was just like, just like I just I can't I can't feel like that again, and I can't make people in my in my life that I care about feel mm-hmm. feel horrible because of what I've what mm-hmm. I've done to myself. <laughs> so you got back, <laughs> yeah. You got back and got in. That was it. That was your yeah. surrender moment. Totally. And I called my same friend who had gotten me in the program yeah. years before, and she like, said, hey, "Come on back to the same meeting." And I'm like, "No." <laughs> no really do i have to go back to that same meeting like don't like uh, surely when i walk in people will be like jen where have you been we missed you like so ridiculous like who's going to remember right Mm, it was so silly um so i got over that real quick and um and that first day i got a sponsor got my sponsor and it, it just has been really i would say the most transformative thing i've ever done in my whole life yeah that's good that is good and that's what it is. Everything. If you do it right, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, it has changed with it. everything. Yeah. Every single thing in my life yeah. has changed. I, I think, and it's funny because we were really good friends while you were still drinking. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that you were, like, it just didn't, I didn't ever saw it, I guess. And we were mm-hmm. work, yeah. we were work friends. So we saw each yeah. other at work. Um, but I would say you've become like this incredibly genuine, like the genuineness of you is now on full display. I mm-hmm. feel like you've blossomed more. I, 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 you know what I'm saying? Like, and I guess there was this, this gut feeling back then of there, there something else going on with you. That's not true. There's something, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just things didn't always add up. There was a pretense Untruths. there. Yeah. 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 Cause I wouldn't, and I didn't want you to of, see who I really was. Cause yeah. I honest to God did not even know who mm. I was yeah. at all. So I, how, I only wanted you to see the manufactured mm-hmm. facade. Yeah. And, you know, the manufactured facade was not like a horrible person. Yeah. It just wasn't me. It just wasn't me mm. at all. Yeah. But now you, so that weird. doesn't feel like that at all. And even no. from the day you've walked in, it's like all that was gone. It's all felt very genuine, right? From the day I walked into AA? Yeah. Yeah, just I mean, felt like, to it me, took like a the, little time yeah. for sure. And, and you know, it, 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 even though I knew I was ready, mm. you know, yeah. when you walk in um, to the meeting, there's still like, there's still a little bit of, you know, um, uncertainty and trepidation sure. and whatever. But um, I think working with my sponsor, I, I, I knew I would not, I knew if nothing else that I could not leave the program again in good conscience. Mm -hmm. So that kept me there. Um, you know, even if, even if it was just the first two weeks that it kept me there, it kept me there. And that, that made a difference. Made the difference. And what, how, how, what iteration of going to meetings was this the second or the 
third? The, or? Yeah, the second. The second. The second. And this, I'm just backstories. And this is like sort of a lifetime, like since you were a teen mm-hmm. drinking. Yeah. Like yeah. pretty. Um, yeah, I would say that um, that alcoholism runs in my family right. for sure. And so the I think the, you know, propensity was probably all, always there. Um I did drink, a, you know, in high school, right. and and I did black out one of the first times I ever right. got drunk, but um, but I wasn't always a blackout drinker. But okay. college was just miserable mm. from that perspective. I I did black out all the time in college, and um, oh gosh, puked more times than mm-hmm. I mean, puked and didn't even remember it. Puked on myself and rolled around. I mean, it was just miserable it was a terrible mm. terrible existence and so i would switch colleges i, I went to like four different mm. colleges so that's that's how you solve that problem right. um that's hilarious yeah so and I, later I, people i never i never really good drinking with you yeah sorry about the throw up <laughs> <laughs> i'm going to state now <laughs> jen out <laughs> I'm going to stay. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. But I never really equated like my uh, moves to different colleges with my uh, with my bad drinking and bad self image as a result of of drinking. I just you know it was like the the uh, proverbial uh, geographics, geographics or whatever. But right. just just with uh, just with colleges. Um, but yeah, so it was bad in yeah. my in my uh, in my college years primarily. And then I got. You know, I had a baby early when I was young. Um, not early, young. Um, it wasn't early in the morning. It was actually in the <laughs> afternoon. But um, when I was when I was twenty three, I sure. had my daughter, and so you know, you don't. I I didn't drink when I was pregnant. I didn't even consider right. drinking when I was pregnant. And actually, um, I really didn't. It didn't dawn on me until I was later in my twenties that I could actually drink at home. Like I remember going to the grocery store. I I got I got married, and divorced pretty young, and then. Um, when I went to the grocery store and used to buy stuff for myself, hmm. I, I remember going down the liquor aisle and being like, huh, what? Like, I could do this, you know, because we just it, drinking was not a big sure. part of my of my marriage or any of that stuff. So um, so but it, it kicked in pretty hard in my 30s and 40s. And nice. that's when I really caught up. And Jeff and I were talking about this the other day, like that there's a you know, if you look at like. Uh, drinking, just yeah. just drinking alcohol and kind of a Chris is Chris is a proponent of this theory. Oh, of this of this horizon, right? So that if spectrum. you look at the spectrum mm. of of drinking, and if it's kind of one hundred and eighty degrees, oh, right, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that normal drinkers are kind of that first ninety degrees, sure. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then problem drinkers are kind of ninety to right. one eighty, mm-hmm. and the that you know if you're at ninety between ninety and a hundred or one hundred and ten or whatever right. percent um, or degrees. Um, that you know that's that's you know less less of a problem on the scale of like death on the at the 180 <laughs> right right so yeah. so there's that if you're that still alive and drinking of, yeah, you're doing better of, than if you're dead yeah yes uh, yes yeah. and yeah i think everybody would agree and so so but the idea that you're if you're at that problem stage mm. you know at that at that 90 or you're tipping over to 91 mm. that that over time you will end up, mm-hmm. you know, at this 180. Mm-hmm. It might be 30 years, or it might be sure. 20 years, or yeah. you know, whatever that is. And so I think that that's I I always had the capacity to mm-hmm. get to 90 pretty quick, and I got to 90 when I was you know, or mm-hmm. 95 or 100 or whatever it was mm-hmm. when I was young, and then took that break. But every time I would, you know, every time I drank, it just it just 
another degree, another hmm. degree, another yeah. degree. And so, and you know, for my brother, he hit 180 and that was it. So wow. I, I knew that like I was, I could eventually end up there mm-hmm. um, if I, if I kept going. Yeah. Did you pass on this gene to your um, kid? I sure hope not. I mean, I think that she um, she does she does drink alcohol. Did you explain all this to her? (laughs) She's been around for it. Believe me, she's seen it. She's seen it all. Yeah. Um, Which is which is very um, that that's the part that you know. But you have a great relationship. We do have a great relationship. She she might even be listening right now if she is. Hi, sweetie. Hi, sweetie. And um and. We do have a great relationship. I do have a lot of, you know, she's one of the first people I made an amends to oh. when, uh, you know, when it was time to do that. And she was like the most gracious person mm. at that time. She didn't, it's not like she let me off the hook when I told, you know, I apologized for a lot of things and, and she's, you know, she, she looked me in the eye, mm. you know, during that conversation when a lot of kids who were 21 or 22 sure. or whatever would, you know, be like, oh, you know, mom, this is so awkward. Why are we right. talking about yeah. this or whatever? And she was so gracious about it. I just, I remember like just looking at her and thinking like, where does this come from? Like I was a total disaster mm. at 21 or 22, you know, and yeah. this, this kid's just got it. But, but she, um, I know she does drink alcohol and I think, um, and she's, you know, she's living out of state right now. And, um, so I don't see her, uh, Mm. you know, at all right now. And that, that really kills me. But, um, I, I think, I don't know. I don't know. And I have to let her just be her. Totally. Yeah. And, you you know, like, like my mom has been obsessive about, um, she's concerned. She, whenever she hears, you know, about my daughter, Mm. you know, drinking it, you know, fraternity houses or whatever, she'll say to me, you know, gosh, I hope that she's not, she doesn't have a problem, you mm. know, her uncle. And I'm like, yeah, of course, we all hope that. Right. Like, and, and then ironically, when I got sober, you know, I, I think, I think the idea that my, that my mom would have not one alcoholic child, but two was really hard for her mm. to swallow. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and I heard her say, you know, well, you don't have a problem and, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's just, you know, I think that's normal, right. Yeah. For parents yeah. to, to not want to think that sure. of their children. And, and of course, by comparison with my brother, right. um, I didn't, I didn't look as bad. Right. Yeah, I hope I didn't pass it on to my daughter. Yeah. But we um, talk about that a lot because we all have kids, and we're like, yeah. "Oh, I mean, yeah. that would be so shitty. It would be so yeah. so bad um, if that if that happened." And you know, I, I really hope I didn't. I really hope I didn't. Yeah, or well, yeah, and or but at least you're there with the knowledge and the experience on the other side to also pass that on. If yes, you know what I mean. You're yes. better prepared. Whatever happens with your kids now, right? I mean, God forbid, everybody's <laughs> drunk and right. you know, yeah. Yeah. flailing about. Yeah, um, I think I, my only my hope for my daughter is that um, that I don't know if it's possible, but that my how I am in my sobriety um, more than makes up for how I was. Yeah, when I was drinking Absolutely. i just i hope that she would i hope she would remember i mean it she's gonna remember what she's gonna remember mm. but i hope to god that she would she would remember you know fondly the times from here on out sure you know and not not the other times but not something that can be controlled yeah well yeah um 
Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, uh, my family, like when I when I got sobered, I wasn't around anyone long enough for an extended period of time for them to put together that it was a problem. Mm. From your mother's perspective, did she experience you like drinking and having it be a problem? Um, at all, or, I, or is, I don't think so. So it was sort of for her. You come, you coming out as, hey, I'm, I'm going to get sober. I have a problem. Yeah, she experienced that as you telling her, not as yes, Jen needs to get sober. Correct. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. Interesting. I think um, I had, <clears throat> I had, I think I may have told her or she and my dad when the first time I went in, I may have told them, mm-hmm. and I think they probably had the same reaction at the time, which so oh, this isn't you know whatever, and that was before my brother died. Um, and then the second, you know, the second time I went in, I I didn't necessarily feel the need to. Actually, I got advice from my sponsor. Not to go around and, you know, before you're really ready to tell people, mm. um, not to worry about it. Just She she didn't say don't do it. She mm-hmm. just said don't, it doesn't even need to be on your radar. Mm. But I'd had a conversation with my mom like two weeks into sobriety mm. and, and it was a particularly tense conversation about something. And so I felt the need to say, hey, um, I'm a bit on edge, mm. <laughs> um, like literally on the edge um, because I, I'm not, you know, I'm... Mm. I'm Joined a, joined the program two weeks ago, and she was, um, like I said, you know, her initial reaction was sort of, "Oh, do you think you have a problem? I don't see that, or you mm. know, whatever." Um, and then, uh, you know, and and I think, like I said, I think that's very, very natural. Yeah. So, mm. um, so yeah, and so I think they're, I think she and my dad now are, um, they are. Proud, if that's a, w- a right. way to describe, yeah. you know, I relieved, don't, proud, to, happy to the degree that you can be when your child has a problem that they're that you may have passed on to them. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, I think because they don't want to really believe that I had a problem, it's sort of like we are happy for you. You know, it's just yeah. a little yeah. funky. You that's know, that's funny. That's super funny. All right. It's funny. Okay, so we'll, I'll, we'll end yeah. this. But I was thinking, we, when we first talked, this is just came to me. The conversation that you always have with people, whether they are or they aren't alcoholics, the very fact that you're having a conversation about your drinking, right. most normal people don't even right. have those conversations. Yes. And I remember having yes. that with you. Like That's what I'm always like, oh, yeah, because most normal people would never even have this conversation. Right. No. Right. No, somebody <laughs> described it uh, at a meeting one time about like, oh, yeah. that people who are normal drinkers they it would be as if they were talking about broccoli the way that we talk about right. alcohol right. so so they so if they were obsessing like do i have enough broccoli for the weekend maybe i should go to the grocery store and get more broccoli what kind of broccoli should i get oh i'm so excited it's broccoli friday you know or whatever like like that just doesn't happen right. with normal stash people. ahead of broccoli behind the yeah. socks yeah. i know i know i left some broccoli in here somewhere right. oh get the fuck out of my way of, oh my gosh so about six months into sobriety i was went through this whole like cleaning binge or something and i was it binge of course and um there's a in my bathroom underneath the cabinet they have some boxes and stuff down there as you do right and um and what when i pulled them out to clean there were there was a uh, empty bottle of bud light and then there was an empty wine glass um 
back there and I just started laughing. That's I think I, I took a picture of it. I think I sent you it did. to you. That is and it was because I remember distinctly I would always drink when I was getting ready to go mm-hmm. out because you can't wait till you get to the mm-hmm. restaurant. You know, yeah. you have to drink in your bathroom. And so while I was getting ready, I would mm. be cocktailing or whatever. And if my daughter would come up the stairs, I, I was ashamed of it. So I didn't want her to see. Huh. So I would put it behind the the box, sure. you know, underneath the cabinet or whatever. It was totally invisible and right. and you wouldn't see it. And Bud Light and a wine glass. Well, Come on. no, okay, <laughs> okay. Two separate things: Bud Light and a wine, a wine glass. Oh, so, so okay. I'm already ashamed of the Bud Light. So, don't make me feel worse. But no, I did not. I didn't put it in the in the wine glass. It, that was just two separate drinking occasions. And mm. the, probably the only reason I was drinking Bud Light is because it was left over from like one of my Super Bowl parties. But you know, it was like, well, it's in the house. It's got to go. You know, yeah. I got to drink it. Everything must um, go. And so I keep that picture in my phone because it reminds me of like the secrets that sure. I kept. And you know, do normal people, do normal drinkers hide alcohol from their kid when when they're when they're right. of drinking age? Child comes up the stairs, right. like no, 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 normal people don't do that. Yeah, it's so, like uh, Doctor Bob's whiskey bottle in the sock or whatever totally. in his bathroom. Yep, Doctor Bob's whiskey bottle in his yeah, sock. That's it, where he hit it. it. If yeah. you're okay with it, why is it in a sock? You know. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. So. Well, we hope Claire only F sick as our secrets. can live up to your 500, the bar you she set. Is. She okay. is. Claire F is Claire F kicking she's killing butt, it. right? Okay. Yeah, she's a terrific writer, and thank you for bringing oh, her sure. to uh, the Recovery Revolution. And uh, yeah. thank you for being part of it. Thanks I mean, really, it's me. been phenomenal. What, I'm what's glad your we finally new column that you're going to have for us? Like, what's your new piece of content that you're going to have? Didn't we just discuss like she's too short busy film? to do anything? Oh. <laughs> Chris hasn't invited me to. No, uh, you're welcome. To, no, you have an open invitation. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'll have to think of it. would have to be, I'd have to think of something really, really good because that one was, that one was. I would say relatively effortless. Mm. Yeah. So if it has, if it's forced, it's not going to work. So. I know. Okay. I tried we'll to force twenty bits of insight and didn't get anywhere. I love yeah. your site. Your site's so rich. It's just so much great stuff there. Well, thanks. Um, anything else? Do we sit cover? We, we can always come back. I mean, it took yeah. a while to get you on. Sorry about that. Yeah. It's been uh, long overdue, but no, yeah. not glad at all. you. Thank you. We can talk about um, the modern because we were we were talking about this today is whether people at work. Modern day policies of addiction and treatment in the modern day workplace. What about them? I don't know. Jen just knows a lot of stuff like that. Well, I would say I don't. I I was Wait, in that's HR a long podcast. time ago. That's another. Podcast. Oh, that's another one. Yeah. Okay. Good. Because I don't know anything about it. Okay. You'll need okay. another guest for that. Cool. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Thanks. So Thanks, much. Jen. Bye.